This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. From NPR Music, I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Hazel Sills. Hey. Marissa LaRusso. Hello. And from WBGO, Nicole Sweeney. Hello there. It's March 10th. It's New Music Friday, and we're sharing our picks for the best releases out this week. Fever Ray is back with a new album. Meet Me at the Altar also has a new one out today. But we start with Miley Cyrus. Her latest is called Endless Summer Vacation. This is the debut single, Flowers. We were good. We were gold. Kind of dream that can't be sold. We were right till we weren't. Built a home and watched it burn This was an insanely guarded album, so we weren't able to hear the full thing ahead of our taping. But I feel like what I can say at this point is, you know, my kind of Miley take is that I think she is an incredible vocalist, like one of the best vocalists working. And there is like a maturity and like grit to her voice that I feel like she doesn't explore enough. I feel like when she's leaning into her classic rock tendencies, her country roots, something really beautiful happens. And I feel like this song Flowers hits that sweet spot for me. album promises a lot. She's she's going to have a song with Brandi Carlile. She has a song with Sia. And so she's going to be singing with a lot of heavy hitters. I remember in 2020 seeing videos of Miley doing covers of Doll Parts yes. by Hole or Zombie by the Cranberries or Hearts of Glass by Blondie. And exactly what you're saying, Hazel, just hearing like that grit in her voice and when she like leans into that big rock and roll mode can be so charismatic and so captivating. I feel like sometimes her studio albums don't always capture that about her performance. And I really hope that on this one, that kind of like charisma comes through. You know, it's time that we really go back to taking her seriously. You know, I feel like we've been in, involved in her personal life so much. And, and and this is a part of it, right? I'm, I'm hearing about, I can give myself flowers. I can treat myself better. It's nice that we're getting back to the music of Miley. And I'm excited. Yeah, everyone got so caught up in all of her personal stuff for a minute there, you know, and pearl clutching over some of it. Um, And it's been a decade since she had a number one hit like this, but it's resonating so much because it is so honest and real and personal. You know, she has morphed through a lot of different sounds and public images over the years, but this sound seems to be her most mature. The whole album is a post-divorce record, but don't expect a a melancholy post-divorce record. It's tracks like Wonder Woman and Handstand and Rose-Colored Lenses. So definitely more a a celebration of self 
As of this taping, she has teased some other very synth-heavy music from the record, but very excited to hear more. And I expect that we'll be talking about this one throughout the year. Miley Cyrus, her highly anticipated album, Endless Summer Vacation, out now on March 10th. Also out today is a new one from the duo known as The War and Treaty. It's called The Nature of Things. This is the song, Ain't No Harm in Me. Goodness, ain't no harm in me. I think it's maybe my favorite on the album, but I found myself saying that about just about every track that I listen to. There's something different, unexpected. And my first word when I heard that was, damn. I mean, that voice really hits you. It is dripping, oozing of soul, which is interesting. You want to almost put, you know, Warren Treaty into a genre and you just don't have to. They are about love, which is what the world needs right now and that's what they're giving you in so many ways so many different forms i mean close your eyes and just listen to them don't even worry about what they look like but they are actually a husband and wife duo I mean, which is interesting to have such You wouldn't expect voices. them to sound this good together. Right. <laughs> it sounds like they like each other. It's weird. <laughs> like, did they meet based on voices? I need to know because, right. yeah. I mean, and this song about Ain't No Harm In Me, you get bass, you get drum, you get guitar, you get Nashville. You mentioned Nashville. There's the song Yesterday's Burn. Tell me what's wrong. Which just has this great classic country sound. Yeah, and I just think lyrically, this record is such a powerful testament to long-term love and partnership, which I think has been like a theme in the Warren Treaty's music for a while, but a really uplifting record. I read an interview actually where um, Emily Sailors of Indigo Girls said about Warren Treaty, their music is a joyful force. And I think that is so true, both in terms of the joy and just in terms of the force of their songwriting, of their voices together. Just really beautiful. Oh, yeah. I'm super single, but it's, I mean, that's how love is made. It's interesting how I kind of got a little emotional about this song because I do still believe in true love, you know, no matter what. My parents are going to be married 
45 years this summer, and it's interesting these words that talk about can't say I'm tired when I don't ask for help, can't want you from heaven, giving you hell. It's it's just a reminder that we're responsible for love when we're in a relationship, right? It's not just about what they're doing. It's about what you're doing, too. So this album is about that love that goes on for 45 years that our parents have had and our grandparents have had. So it's so good. You both mentioned how well their voices sound together. For me, that really clicked on the song Up Yonder. I've held the hands of an angel And it was hard to let it go I've heard the sound of heaven knocking at a door Up Yonder is a a bit more religious, which, you know, takes you to church if if that's where you want to go, but you don't have to go there. So, again, this album takes you into so many different directions and places, but they're familiar. I don't mind going to church if they can make it sound like that. Exactly. (laughs) I'll even stay for the two hours they they keep you there for. (laughs) That's The War and Treaty. Their beautiful new album is called The Nature of Things. All right, another big release we're loving this week comes from Fever Ray. Fever Ray is back with their first new album in six years. It's called Radical Romantics. This is the song Shiver. Just a little touch. Just a little touch. perfect record to talk about right after War and Treaty, I think, because when Fever Ray announced this record, someone asked them on Instagram, basically, if the debut Fever Ray record was about motherhood and the second one was about queer awakening, what is the third one about? And Karin Dreyer, who is the musician behind Fever Ray, said the answer was love. So for some context, Karin is maybe best known as um, half of the now defunct and beloved Swedish pop duo The Knife, but they also have Fivere, the solo project, where they make this haunted, freaky, experimental pop music, lots of pitch-shifted vocals and weird little synth sounds. And yeah, love. Love is the big theme of this record. Love's great, but you had me at uh, haunted and freaky. Absolutely. But um, certainly there is romantic love and sexual desire on the record. And to me, it also feels a little bit more big picture. Just like, you know, what do I want in my relationships? What am I looking for? How do you ask for that? How do we take care of each other? And, you know, Fever Ray's lyrics aren't always super straightforward. But I think the more time I spent with this record, the more it all started to circle around those kinds of ideas for me. And I think that's true on like 
a big, you know, dance floor ready anthemic song like Carbon Dioxide. But then something like Shiver or Candy, songs that are maybe a little more toned down, are still in that kind of like romantic, inquisitive mode. I love Haunted and Freaky. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned Candy <laughs> is being toned down because Candy to me has almost like this goth. It reminded me of like Kelsa's milkshake. It almost feels like there's Neptune style production. Like there's that mm. lyric on it <laughs> where they're like, she laid me down and whispered, all girls want candy. And I'm like, I feel like this is a twisted take on what so much pop music sounds like or pop music about sex and desire and love. It just so much of this album just feels like taking a lot of romantic tropes or styles and putting them into a blender and spitting them back out into this weird carnival of what it means to be in love. But I haven't been to a club in years, and I'm talking about many, but this album made me want to go back to the club, like flashing lights and not care and have a couple of drinks. And like when the dance floor is just kind of your oyster, that's how I felt. It was like a trippy thing going on that I found myself unexpectedly loving. I assume Karin Dreyer inhabits and exists in this different dimension that most of us can't see because we're so distracted by this dimension. But they emerge from time to time to offer an idea of what it's like where they're from. And, and that's what this music is to me when I listen. And whenever I listen, I'm always left thinking, this is great, but please take me with you. <laughs> when you go back to that dimension, can I come too? I think that special separate dimension is called Stockholm and I would like to go there. I imagine everyone in Stockholm is is just like Fever Ray, like oh, just absolutely, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 You know, artists like this who disappear for stretches, you always wonder, you know, okay, I guess that was it and that was awesome. Um, you know, but then when you know when they come back, then you wonder, well, I wonder if they still have anything to say or is this music still going to resonate, but I, I think in Karin's case, like they, they've always seemed like they were from the future, right? And, and the rest of us were just trying to catch up. Um, so it's kind of hard to imagine a world where their music doesn't always sound and feel vital. That's so true and was even true of their work in The Knife, you know, which started decades ago. And, you know, it's interesting, too. They haven't worked with their brother Olaf, the other half of The Knife, in a while and they reunited on this record he produced a few of the tracks here and they definitely have kind of the secret other dimension vibe of the knife but it is very much Karin's voice and Karin's project there's a bunch of other collaborators to Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross from Nine Inch Nails lent production help there's production from the experimental British producer Vessel a Portuguese DJ and producer named Nydia, the Swedish electronic duo Asthma. Not all names that I was super familiar with when I started listening to this record, but again, I think it all feels really cohesive because Karin's 
voice, artistic voice and identity is so unique and strong. Fever Ray back with the new album Radical Romantics. We do have a few more releases that we want to tell you about for this week. First, we need to take a short break and we'll be right back. This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Directed by Prentice Penny, executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter, A People's History, tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, A People's History, is now streaming on Hulu. This message comes from NPR sponsor Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, where hundreds of researchers make new discoveries inspired by the work of previous Dana-Farber scientists. Learn more about their momentum at DanaFarber.org slash everywhere. This message comes from NPR sponsor Noom. Noom understands that not everyone is starting from the same place and takes that into account. With their first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, you can find a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. This election season, you can expect to hear a lot of news. Some of it meaningful, much of it not. Give the Up First podcast 15 minutes, sometimes a little less, and we'll help you sort it out what's going on around the world and at home. Three stories, 15 minutes, Up First every day. Listen every morning, wherever you get your podcasts. It's New Music Friday. I'm Robin Hilton. I'm here with Hazel Sills, Marissa LaRusso, and Nicole Sweeney. And we're looking at the best albums out now on March 10th, including this next one from the band Meet Me at the Altar. It's called Past, Present, Future. This is the song TMI. You ask me how are you, and it kind of makes me want to die. I don't want to say what's on my mind. It's too much, too much, too much. I know if I tell you, you won't look at me the same. That's why it's bottled inside. It's too much, too much, too The sentiment of that song is so real, so close to home. Um, yeah, Meet Me at the Altar. They are a three-piece pop-punk group, and this is their debut album. And I feel like they're sort of part of this wave of pop-punk revivalists. Like, Willow Smith has been making, like, weirdly good pop-punk for the last few years. Like, Machine Gun Kelly, the Olivia Rodrigo album definitely had shades of that. And they're part of this wave of pop punk that is a lot more diverse than I think the white male domain that it historically has been. And yeah, they're just such an incredibly fun band. Like the lead singer, Edith Victoria, is just an amazing vocalist. And listening to this album, I just felt like I was 15 years old in the best way. I'm uh, I'm deleting my reference to Weezer. I was going to make Hazel, I wish I had had this record when I was 15 years old. There's so much personality on this record. I'm thinking especially about the very first line of the album where Edith Victoria sings, I'm a bitch and my band is an industry plant. At least that's what it says on the internet. (laughs) 
just like, yes, tell them. There's so many just great, like, screw the haters moments on this record. I wish that I had had it when I was a teenager, especially, you know, to hear that from a woman's perspective, not something I got from pop punk when I was growing up. You know, it talks about uh, being in a male-dominated industry that I can so relate to. So when she is kind of giving the middle finger, I'm like... I've been in that space. And, you know, it's it's interesting how you both said, you know, you mentioned being a 15 because I'm thinking about my little girl and this group that I've never seen. Right. A group that looked like this before that played music like this before. But it, my, my baby girl is five years old and she always tells me, Mom, I, I know you like jazz, but I love rock and roll, which makes me laugh because I'm like, where does that come from? But now she has representation in this group that just now I kind of want to play them maybe not more than jazz in the house but we're going to definitely mix it up and she's going to get to and I think this is what they want they want a a 12 year old brown girl to look at them and and say yeah I can do that too and this is a great great record truly I was going to say I think it's like a mark of such confidence for a band this age to like straddle the lines between pop and rock. I mean, they're on Fueled by Ramen. Like, they're on the brink of, to me, huge stardom and being able to really commit to not a niche genre, but a sound where it's like you're either on board or you're not. And I I really kind of respect that. The band has talked a ton about being really influenced by radio Disney artists, you know, like (laughs) your Selena Gomez's, (laughs) your Demi Lovato's, even maybe a young Miley Cyrus. And I feel like You can hear that in this record and just how crisp and clean the production is, how hooky the choruses are. They sought out a producer who worked with the Jonas Brothers. And I feel like, yeah, Meet Me at the Altar is not afraid to love pop music. I feel like when I was growing up listening to pop punk, you couldn't say that you loved punk if you also loved mainstream pop. That was like not allowed. And Meet Me at the Altar is like, okay, well, we love punk and we also love mainstream Radio Disney and all of that's going to go into the record. And like you said, Hazel, I feel like that's, yeah, just such a confident stance that I really love to see. Meet Me at the Altar is the band. Their new album out today is called Past, Present, Future. Also out today is a new one from the jazz artist Jane Bunnett, along with the Cuban conservatory group Makeke. The album is called Playing With Fire. This is the song Tempest Fugit. Jane Bennett and Makeke. And Makeke is, as you said, born out of Cuba. And Jane really is a mentor to women in Cuba who never really seen women in jazz before. And so this is a great project, and I'm so happy that we're actually featuring it. Tempest Fugit is actually by Bud Powell, who people used to call the Charlie Parker of the piano. So you can imagine, those are big shoes to fill. On violin is the debut of 19-year-old violinist, 
Daniela Olano. And you're actually hearing her sister on the piano. So it is somewhat of a family affair. Now, Tempest Fugit, as you can hear, it's one that's punching and the voices are softly but strongly coming in. You hear percussion. You hear just about every single instrument that you would hear in a, a sextet or a big band. And what I love about this is that your mind has to remember that these are women, right? Because I, I, I kind of have this jazz thing where it's you know, kind of a man's world, but Jane, Bennett, and McKay really bringing women's voices and instruments to the forefront. So that's one of my absolute favorites. Also, Human Race that features newcomer guitarist Donna Grant. on the guitar. Yes, more of that. Ooh, I could go on, but this is another great album. Not just because it's jazz, not just because Women's History Month is in March, but more women's voices in all kinds of music should be highlighted. And to me, that's what this is about. Man, there is so much going on in this music. I was completely blown away by, you know, a band like this with this kind of sprawl to it. The fact that they can lock up the way they do and get so deep in the pocket is kind of mind-blowing to me. There's some next-level musicianship across this whole album. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes I kind of don't want to say women musicians because I just want us all, you know, I want us all to be in, in the same pot. But I do want people to realize that women behind instruments especially, boy, they have got something to offer because each and every single song on this recording for me it's a different trip. It takes you somewhere, a different place every single time, but it just never leaves you. It, it leaves you with a little crumb or two that just stays with your soul. That's how good music does, though. Jane Burnett and Makeke, the album is called Playing With Fire. And before we wrap up this week's show, let's go around the room real quick and flag some of our personal favorites out this week. Hazel, we'll start with you. So my pick for this week is the album Sunrise, Bang Your Head Against the Wall by the artist Nia Archives. is an English DJ and artist who makes a lot of like jungle and drum and bass music, which I feel like is very en vogue right now, or at least in dance music right now. She's released two EPs so far, and this is her third. And it just beautifully marries two sides of her work, the kind of more hectic club energy, and then this kind of beautiful, like soulful warmth that kind of radiates throughout the album and so many of these songs. And yeah, she's just absolutely one to watch. Just a really incredible artist and producer working right now. Marissa. My lightning round pick is the album Sublimation by the singer and songwriter Shalom. Oh God, I think about myself so much. Never enough for me, never enough to touch. Don't even know if I exist. 
So for some background, um, Shalom grew up in South Africa, moved to the U.S. for college, started playing DIY shows in bands, started making her own music. Eventually she got signed to Saddle Creek, and this is her debut record. She just has this big, really smartly produced indie rock sound. She has such a good ear for melodies, and her lyrics are very blunt and kind of conversational and sometimes funny, but in like a very darkly funny way. But yeah, it's just a really impressive, wonderful debut record. Nicole. Another record that I'm looking forward to is King Khan, The Nature of Things. This really does bring you back to nature. There's some songs in here that make you feel like you're just laying down and really connecting and and becoming one with what's outside. But then there's other songs on this album that feel like avant-garde. It feels like jazz. It feels a little bit like R&B. So you're getting to connect really with just everything that feels natural to you, the natural sounds of music. So King Khan, The Nature of Things. And I'll mention that there's a new album from Lonnie Holly out today, the experimental artist, writer, musician. It's called Oh Me, Oh My. You're gonna catch. You're gonna catch. You're gonna catch. When you fall. Who's gonna catch you? Who's gonna catch you? Who's gonna catch you when you fall? Lonnie Holly is now 73 years old. He's collaborated with so many different musicians over the years on this album. He works with Moore Mother, Sharon Van Etten, Bon Iver, and many more. Uh, his voice might not be for everyone, but it's just all so inventive and unlike anything else you're going to listen to this week. And the artists that he works with, I think together they bring out the best in each other. Lonnie Holly, the album Oh Me Oh My. And that'll do it for this week's New Music Friday. My thanks to Hazel Sills, Marissa LaRusso, and Nicole Sweeney. Thanks so much, everybody. Thank you. If you want to go back and see a complete list of everything that we played on the show, you'll find it in the description of this episode in your podcast feed. You can also hear full versions of all the songs we featured, along with a whole bunch of singles that came out this week in our expanded New Music Friday playlists. Just search for NPR in Spotify or Apple Music. And be sure to sign up for our newsletter to keep up with the latest Tiny Desks, playlists, features, and more. We only send it out once a week on Saturdays, and you'll find it at npr.org slash music newsletter. All one word, music newsletter. And for NPR Music and All Songs Considered, I'm Robin Hilton. I hope you have a great weekend. Be well, and treat yourself to lots of music. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. 
For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com NPR. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear, it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.